point. And while you're turning a couple things I will share too, I do want to say thank you for those that came out uh, to the Carolyn. Had several from the college and career and several on up, the, the senior adults and middle-aged folk on Friday night. And that was a great blessing uh, to those that they went out um, and caroled to on Friday night. Man, what a joy that was. Thank you uh, to those that came. Uh, don't forget, too, we got a couple folks we're going to remember in prayer here in just a moment. Remember, uh, Freda Tindall going to be having knee surgery tomorrow. And uh, we want to remember uh, Bryson Laster. Sister Beth just told me a little fella in her class they had to put a chest tube in. He's down at Brenner. So we want to remember uh, Bryson Laster here in just a moment as we pray. But do remember many, many others. And above all, again, here today, if you don't know Jesus, man, we think about the Christmas time of the year and the Christmas season. You've missed it all. If you go through this season or any season, uh, and you don't know Jesus Christ, because boy, he, he's what it's all about. This time of year, it's not just about the Christmas trees and the presents and the gifts. I know it's an exciting time, man. Kids are happy, and they're, they're pumped up, and they're excited about what they're going to get and what's underneath the tree, and unwrapping all those gifts. Man, the greatest gift we ever got was wrapped in swaddling coves. Over 2,000 years ago, we better not move too far beyond that truth and beyond that point, man. That's the message I get the privilege to proclaim uh, every opportunity that I stand uh, to try to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus. You know, if I got up here and I talked about myself and talked about others, it wouldn't be worth a flip. But I'm telling you, my responsibility is to articulate the truth of God's Word that Jesus is, was, forever, uh, shall be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm glad He's still saving sinners. I'm glad He's still helping the saints of God. Whatever your need may be, I'm glad He's able to do uh, that according to His will. But this morning, Matthew chapter number 1, we have uh, been preaching a little bit Last couple messages on the Christ of Christmas. The Lord just really impressed upon my heart again to really focus on this this time of year because most time you're not going to find the truth of Christmas most time in the social or in the media uh, or on the television or anything like that on the billboards or even in places of business. But uh, they'll focus on different things. Say, so, well, it's a season of giving. But uh, Jesus was the one that came to, so he could give his life so you and I could be set free from sin. And sometimes I think. We may pass through, and a lot of people go through Christmas season, and they never really grasp and understand totally what the season really means. Well, when you think about Christmas, we're talking about and preaching about the Christ of Christmas. Now, often we use these terms like this. We will say the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's who He is, by the way. Well, if you want to break that down a little bit further, the Lord has to do with His authority. Jesus is His human name. So that has to do with humanity. Christ is that, that he is God. That is deity is attached to that. You think about the word Christ that we'll read about here in just a moment. Verse number 18, the, the, the literal meaning of that is the anointed one and the Messiah. You know the Jews, they're still looking for a Messiah, but he's already came. And the Bible said in John 1 and verse number 11, he came into his own, who's his own? That was the Jewish nation, the Jewish people. He came into his own, and his own received him not. He was rejected. He's still rejected today. Some of the saddest scripture that I know of is found in Luke chapter 2. In verse number 7, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes because there was no room for them 
in the end. There wasn't any room for Christ during that day. And sad to say in 2023, there's a lot of folks that don't make room for the Lord Jesus Christ today. But you better make room for Him because the Christmas season, the Christ of Christmas, it's about Him. The Lord Jesus Christ. you got His authority, you got His humanity, and you got His deity. Yes, He was, He is, and forever shall be God. We'll expound on a few more of those truths this morning. If you found your place, if you're able to, if you would, stand with us this morning in reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God, you're not standing to reverence me, but we are standing to reverence this book in which I hold in my hand. It's more than just a book, man. It's living. I'm telling you, it's the sword. It'll cut you coming and going. It'll help you. It'll comfort you. It'll convict you. It'll cleanse you. It'll do all that's needed and necessary in our life to be all that God wants us to be if we'll obey what He tells us. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. Notice what the Bible said. Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Watch this phrase now. For he shall save his people from their sins. A lot of folks say, well, Jesus was just a good preacher. He was a good teacher. He was a good moral pattern to follow. No, friend, he was a whole lot more than that. He was a Savior that came to give his life for me and for you and the sin of every person that's ever lived on planet Earth. So he was given his name, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying Behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. There's his deity. There's the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one. When he came, Emmanuel. What does that name mean preacher? It means that God literally was with us. Us. Then verse 24, Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now let's pray. Father, as about God in your presence, Lord, again this morning, God, I thank you, Lord, for the songs, Lord, that's ministered to our heart. Thank you, Lord, that we are on the winning side today through that personal relationship with Jesus. Now I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, help this feeble preacher now to preach, Lord, what you've laid on her heart. I pray specifically this morning for Sister Frieder. God, help her tomorrow. I pray for little Bryson there and Brenner's. God, you know the need there. Lord, touch that little child, I pray. But Lord, I pray that you touch these feeble lips for the next few minutes. Lord, I I can't do anything without your help, without your power. I pray for anointing. I pray for unction. I pray there's one here lost, never been saved, never been born again. Oh, God, may holy conviction fall upon this place. I pray for that when they came in here bereaved and broken and disheartened and discouraged. God, I pray that you give them help from another world. We'll be careful, Lord, to give you thanks and give you praise for what you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people saying, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We have read this very familiar passage. 
this text here and also the text probably in Luke chapter number 2 is really familiar uh, as we think about the Christmas season and we read about this text and we see about the Lord Jesus coming in uh, to the world but the Christ of Christmas. We've looked thus far at several different things on, I guess you could call this series of messages the, the Christ of Christmas, but I guess on Wednesday night, you think about if Christ Jesus had not come, we understand that the Father would not be, uh, or the Father would be unknowable because the Lord Jesus came to reveal the Father. Hey, the gospel would be unpreachable. What is the gospel, preacher? Well, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 3 and 4. If Christ Jesus had not come, Brother Harold, there would be no gospel. Just think for a moment about the ramifications of no Christmas. If Christ had not come, the Father would be unknowable. The gospel would be unpreachable. Hey, prayer would be unprofitable. I hit it again the other night and it breaks tradition. A lot of folks pray a lot of different ways. In God's name, your name, this one's name, that now you better go in Jesus' name, friend, at some point in your prayer, or you might as well not even pray. There's something about the mighty, lovely name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee's going to bow. One of these days, you may, might as well bow that knee on this side, but your prayer life is unprofitable if you don't use Jesus. And if he didn't come, then our prayers would be unprofitable. But get this, if he had not come, yeah, the Father would be unknowable. The God would be unpreachable. We know our prayers would be unprofitable, but heaven would be unattainable. Unattainable had he not come. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, the apostle said this, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There would be no heaven if Christ did not come. We come to this time of year and if you're not real, real careful you'll get bogged down and you'll get wrapped up and you'll get so busy, you'll get so overwhelmed that you'll forget to even thank God for the, for the basic time of this year, what it represents, what it means. Christ did come. Now listen, he, a lot of folks like to look at him as a little baby. Friend, he ain't in that manger no more. He ain't on a cross anymore. He ain't in a tomb anymore. And one of these days there's going to be an empty throne because the Bible tells us that right now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, a position of power and authority. He's mediating on our behalf. He is our intercessor. That's why we can pray because he intercedes between us and the Father. He meets our need. But one of these days there will be an empty throne. But thank God, the Christ of Christmas, he came because he loved me. He loved you. We think about John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what? God made it difficult for us to die in our sin and go to a place called hell. How is that preacher? Because that first Christmas season, man, the Lord Jesus Christ came and he didn't come to be a teacher. He didn't come to be a prophet. He didn't come to be a, a pattern. He come to give his life so we, you and I, could be set free from sin. But if you're not careful, you'll go through all this season. You'll go through most of the year and never have the true gratitude or appreciation or thankfulness for what this season really means. And the Christ of Christmas is this fact. He did come. I, I'm going into the Old Testament because I want to show you something. We read a text there in verse number 23. And, of course, notice this uh, in your Bible. Of course, Matthew 1 and verse number 23. The Scripture said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with 
us. The Christ of Christmas, who, who is he? Well, he is God uh, in the flesh. Listen to this, John put it best, and oftentimes during this time of year we will hit this passage. But the Lord Jesus Christ took on himself the, 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 the flesh. For the Bible said in John chapter 1, in verse number 1, In the beginning was the Word. And that word is capitalized because that's a reference to the Lord Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. It said in Him. Who's the Him a reference to? It's in reference to the Word. The Lord Jesus Christ was God. Is God. He came and took on the form of flesh. He walked, we believe, for about three, 33 and a half years. And then He gave His life on the cross of Calvary. But there's an interesting phrase over in the Old Testament that I want to look at. And then I'm coming back to the New. Because who is this Christ of Christmas again, Lord Jesus Christ. You got his authority, you got his humanity, you got his deity. Who is the Christ of Christmas? Well, he's God. And he come to this earth. I'm reminded, if you remember back in the Old Testament, God's people had went down into bondage. They'd been in Egyptian bondage for over 400 years. But it didn't take God by surprise. And he went up there and scratched his head wondering what he was going to do. He had a man prepared. He had a man picked. And he had a man that, that was prepared to lead his people out. And in Exodus chapter number 3, God calls Moses to the backside of the desert. And, of course, that was the text of the burning, fiery bush, the, the bush that burned but was not consumed. Most of us remember that story and that account that's found in Exodus chapter uh, number 3. But God said, I want you, and I paraphrase, he said, I want you to go down to Pharaoh's house and, and you let him, you tell him to let my people go. Well, now, old Moses, he's a, I mean, he's a shepherd. And he's got his staff and he begins to think, well, you know, Lord, I, I got to have some kind of credentials. You got to help me with this. If you want me to go unto Pharaoh, I mean, Pharaoh's not going to let your people go. What am I going to do? And I want you to listen to this phrase because this is pertinent to the message. Who is the Christ of Christmas? If you listen carefully, you're going to find him right here in this text. When Moses asked the Lord this question in Exodus 3 in verse number 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name, what shall I say unto them? So Moses said, Lord, all right, you want me to go unto, unto your people, there unto Pharaoh, and you want me to tell them, well, who am I supposed to say sent me? Verse 14, listen to what God said. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. I am. That was God's name, Jehovah, Yahweh of the Old Testament. Even the Jews today recognize him as I am. Well, who is this I am? Hey, that's the Christ of Christmas. So he is. That word literally means the self-existent one. Now listen, I'll be honest with you. I had a good, many of you know this fellow. No, Daddy does. Several of you others. Many of you know Robin Speaks. 
And Robin Speaks, a good friend of mine, I hadn't seen him in a long time, but when we worked together, we was always going back and forth. And, and listen, he's a black fellow, and I'm a, I'm a call case, but we went back and forth, and there was no ungodliness, no wickedness at all. We'd talk about spiritual things. He's a saved man. He knows the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And he told me one day, he said, he said, Brian, he said, I want to show you something in the Bible. And this is what he did, Harold. He said, I want you to take your Bible and you turn over to Revelation chapter number 1. And sure enough, I did. And this is what he said. Because he told me, he said, man, he said, God's got to be black. Now, you just bear with me just a minute. He said, God's got to be black. And I said, man, what are you talking about? He said, he's got to be black. And I said, well, how do you know that? Well, listen to what, this is a text that he read. Revelation chapter number 1, verse number 14, in reference to the Lord Jesus. His head and his hairs were white. Like wool. He took my hand. He said, now feel my head. He said, now what's that feel like? I said, well, it feels like wool. He said, man, God's got to be black. And I said, wait a minute. I said, there ain't no way. He said, well, well, what you got? What kind of proof you got? I took him to Genesis chapter number 3. I mean, Exodus chapter number 3. When God said, I am that I am, I said, man, if he was black, he'd have said, I is what I is. I said, man, he can't. I said, he can't be. I said, he's got to be a white man. He said, I am that I am. And we laughed and we couldn't. Listen, don't think I'm being disrespectful at all about that, man. I, you know God's colorblind, by the way. I don't know if he's white. I don't know if he's black. But he's colorblind. When he looked at me, he don't say, well, you know, he's a white man. I died for him. He don't look at the Indian or the black man or the Hispanic. Oh, friend, he died for all. It don't matter. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. I'm glad the blood of Jesus will wash away everybody's sin. That'll call on the name of the Lord. But I am that I am. The self-existent one. Who is that? That was Jesus when he came. Emmanuel being a term, God with us. Now, how can you be so sure? Well, you remember, you can go to John's Gospel. And we preached through this multiple times. Over there in John's Gospel, you think about there was, there were seven miracles that were listed in, God, in John's Gospel. We preached through those. Those, those. those signs that were given, according to John chapter 20, verse number 31, those seven miracles that were presented in John's Gospel. But then there were seven statements when the Lord Jesus said this. He, he didn't say, I was or I will be, which was dealing, I was is past, I will is future. He didn't say that. He said, I am presently now when God talked to Moses in Exodus chapter number 3 he didn't say I was or I will be past or future tense he said I am that I am well it's no surprise that in John's gospel Jesus said on seven different occasions brother Brandon that I am something presently I'm the self existent one that's what Jesus oh think about this I hadn't even marked this scripture but, I, but but flip over just a little bit or you don't have to just just stay with me in John chapter number eight I didn't think about this till right now but I want you to get this I should have marked it but listen th- this this proves the point too I remember when um, if you'll remember when when the Jews were, were railing against the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus uh, made this statement um, in, in John chapter 8 and verse number 56. And this is what he said. He said, he's talking to the Pharisees and Jews. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. 
Now, wait a minute. The Lord Jesus came on the scene, and the Jews looked at Jesus and said, Well, wait a minute. Abraham's been dead for centuries. And this is what they said in John 8, 57. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Verse 58, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Do you see that? John 8, 58, he said, I am. Not I was or I will be, but I am presently right now. Who is the Christ of Christmas? Well, according to John chapter 6, Brother Dobie, he's the bread of life. In John 6, verse 35, he said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Think about that. He's the bread. That means he sustains us. I mean, he meets our needs physically. According to the book of Acts, we live, we move, we have our being because of him. According to the book of Colossians, all things consist because of him. It's all about him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about the Christmas tree. It's not about the wreaths. It's not about the presents. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ, not the one that was or will be, but the one that said, I am the bread of life. I'm glad he's able to sustain us but here's the problem you got to be hungry you got to be thirsty because he said i am the bread of life he that come to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst it's our responsibility you see here's the thing we're not worried about god god's going to do his part christ jesus will do his part the problem's on our end we don't always do our part but he is the bread of life and he sustains but not only that in John chapter 8 and verse number 12, we understand that Jesus said, not only am I am the self-existent one, I am the bread of life, but he said in John 8 and verse number 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you think about the bread of life? That, that sustains us. What does the, the light of the world do? Is he said, I am right now, present tense, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What does that mean? That means he searches us. Oh, yeah, he'll search us. You know, the day that I got saved, boy, God dealt with my heart. I mean, the preaching of the Word of God had come, and, and, and boy, that began to mix, and the Spirit of God began to deal with my heart. Because again, Romans 10, 17 said, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to have that incorruptible Word. How in the world would somebody know about a Savior without the Word of God? How in the world would somebody know there wasn't any sin without the Word of God? Why, there is sin. I mean, the doctors of the Bible, we've got the Scripture. But the Lord Jesus Christ searches the heart. You see, you take a message, and I don't think it takes an hour and a half message uh, to, to get a hold of somebody's heart. Because God will use His Word, He'll use the Spirit of God, and the Lord Jesus will search that heart. And even since I've been saved, you know, you do something wrong, and one of the greatest evidences that you're a child of God is when you step out of God's will, you say something, you do something that you should not do. Nobody has to tell you God speaks to your heart. Why? Because that light begins to expose you. Have you ever tried to wander around? I remember that time, and I've probably shared this too. We went up to Calio, Virginia, man, way over on the Chesapeake Bay, and we were up there singing. And uh, we, when we got up there, Brother Kevin, it was dark. I mean, pitch black. So we met this, we met this guy up there, and, and, and we went into this little house. And, and the last thing he told, we didn't know where we was at other than Calio, Virginia. Well, we get in this bed and breakfast. We're upstairs, and, and the television's on. And there's a big hurricane coming in. I don't even remember which one it was. But uh, they had all kind of warnings on these counties. We had, to, we had the television on, and he was showing all these red tornado warnings. Man, it's thunder, it's lighting. Son, we didn't even know which county we was in. 
All of a sudden, the power went out. Now, if a power goes out at your house, I mean, you ain't got nothing outside. You don't have a street light. You don't have unless you got a generator. And, and it's tough to get around your house. I mean, just where the light switches, when the power goes out, it's so natural to us. We go through there, and you'll flip a switch even when the power's off. But when it's dark, you, you stumble around because you can't see. But imagine being in a place you've never been. You don't know where nothing is. And, of course, we didn't pack flashlights. I mean, who does that? Go on a trip. We didn't have flashlights. I mean, maybe you do, but we did not. And you go around and you stuff. You can't see. But what I'm saying is this darkness, you cannot see anything. I'm glad light exposes things. You know what, God? God wants me to be what He wants me to be, and He will search my heart. So when you think about the bread of life, He said, I am the bread of the Not I was, not I will be, but I am the Christ of Christmas. That's who He is. He sustains us, but as the light of the world, hey, He searches us. But think about this in John uh, chapter number uh, 10 and verse number 9. We understand he's the door. John 10, 9, he said, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. As the door, he saves us. There's not multiple doors to go through. The Christ of Christmas that came to provide that door. That door speaks of access. And man, the Bible even said in Revelation chapter 3, about verse number 20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, he's not going to force himself in. But I'm glad when an individual understands that they're a sinner and they need to be saved and they don't want to die and go to hell and they realize that Jesus paid that penalty for their sin. They believe that he gave that sacrifice. They believe he was buried. They believe he rose again. When you call on the name of the Lord, friend, I'm glad you can step in by faith, have access into the holiest of holies, have a personal relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of heaven, the self-existent one. How in the world can a person have a relationship with God is through and by the Lord Jesus Christ when he said I am the door he provides salvation see bread sustains light searches the door saves but then in John chapter 10 verse number 11 the Jesus said I am not I was not I will be he said I am the good shepherd the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep that is the good shepherd that speaks of sacrifice Oh, yeah, sacrificing for you and I. And that's exactly what he did on the cross many, many years ago. And it also supplies that shepherd would take care of those sheep. And we're God's mascot over and over again in the Bible. We're referred to as sheep. Isaiah 53, verse number 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. All. And as that good shepherd, he said, I am the good shepherd, that self-existent one. The very one that got Moses said, well, Lord, who are you? He said, I am that I am. That's the Lord Jesus as he come. Emmanuel, God with us. He is the bread of life. He is the door. He is the light. He is the good shepherd. But he's the resurrection and the life. That gives us security. Because in John chapter 11 and verse number 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Bible lets us know that we're not kept by my power. I'm not kept by the Baptist denomination. Thank God for the Baptist church. I'm not kept by the Baptist denomination. I'm not kept by the Pope, and you ain't either. The only way we're kept and protected is through and by the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible lets us so you look it up. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. Who are kept by the power of God through.
through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Couldn't believe the people that I run into, Brother Dovid, said, oh, I'm just trying to hold on. I'm trying to hold on. Don't you just quit, man. You, you can't hold on uh, to God, but I'm glad God's grip don't slip with us. Let him hold you. Let him protect you. Let him secure you. It wasn't that he was or he will be. Thank God. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's not dead. We do not serve a statue, a stone, a monument, a carved figure. We serve a living, risen Savior that is able to save and sustain and to search and thank God to secure you and I. But we ain't done. There's two more. You think about John 14 and verse number 6. And we think about that text often. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That thinks about, uh, that lets us know that, that, that he submits us unto the Father. We hit the other night, again on Wednesday night. If Christ, the Christ of Christmas, had he not come, the Father would be unknowable. But according to the Lord Jesus, he said, I am the way. Not a way, he said, I'm the way. The truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the one that submits us unto the Father. That's the Christ of Christmas. But think about the last I am statement that he said in John 15, 5. He said, I am the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Did you know with him being the vine, he didn't say I was or I will be. He said, I am the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. He showers us. With blessings so you and I can grow and so you and I can produce. You know, you study your Bible over there in John's Gospel. He talks about fruit, then more fruit, then much fruit. He wants us to be productive. There's a lot of folks that are not productive. They say, oh, preacher, I'm saved, but they never produced any, any righteous fruit, never, never produced any fruit, anything for God. Why is that? They don't lean upon God. A lot of folks will try to rely on the armor of flesh, and the day and hour in which we live, we live we, we, a lot of folks focus on technology, and thank God for the technology that we have. But you cannot rely on that strength when it comes to spiritual things, man. we got to have Him, and without Him, you and I can do nothing. The Christ of Christmas that came. He said his name was Emmanuel, God with us. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, he's the same one that appeared to Moses, the sister Savannah comes. When Moses said, Lord, who in the world am I going to tell him has sent me? God said, I am that I am. John chapter 8, when those Jews came and they said, Abraham rejoiced to see your day. You ain't even 50 years old. Jesus said, hey. Before Abraham was, I am. Not I was, not I will be, but I am presently. Boy, I'm glad he's the bread of life that will sustain us. Glad he's the light of the world that will search us and search our hearts. I'm glad he's the door that can save us, provide access. Glad he's the good shepherd that sacrifices and supplies our each and every need. I'm glad, thank God, that He's a resurrection of the life that secures us as an anchor that's unmovable in the storms of life when they come. I'm thankful that He's the way, the truth, and the life that submits us unto the Father. You can't get unto the Father any other way. Glad He is the vine that showers on us if we abide in Him. Oh, he gives us all that we ever need to grow and to produce fruit. Fruit. My question to you this morning we're about a week or so week, about eight days away from the Christmas, the day that we celebrate. Who's Christ to you? 
Do you know him as Savior? Has there been a time in your life when you realize there's a choir sung about you were lost? Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Ever been a time in your life when you called on the name of the Lord? Said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. God, please forgive me of my sin. There's never been a time. Boy, today would be a good day to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus. He died for you. He loves you. Well, preacher, wait a minute. You don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. I'm telling you, the blood that Jesus shed was more, more, more than sufficient enough to save you from all your sin. Boy, it be a good time to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus. We stand all over the house. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and opportunity. God, one more time to expand upon the truth of your word. Lord, I'm thankful that you are exactly who you claim to be. Father, if there's one in the midst today never been saved, Lord, they don't know that heaven will be their home. God, I beg and I plead today in Jesus' name that you'd save their soul. God, deal with their heart. There's one here struggling in an area of their life. God, there's only so much I can do. I'm limited. But, Lord, I'm glad you're not. Lord, would you meet every need? Thank you for the Christ of Christmas. And, Lord, as we come in Jesus' name, bringing these requests, bringing these desires, I pray that you'd meet them according to your precious will. Lord, deal with hearts now, I beg and plead in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2 
The Bible said, therefore, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, and if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked Him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sins. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.